When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth Down in the Steel City, and the Steelers are now 3-6. and six. Crowley, Dunlap with you, Colin I don't know. I wanted the team to lose until they kicked the ball off, and then I root for the team to win, so I'm happy. I think it's about time for me to just admit this team, while not good, is not going to get a top-five pick. No, they're going to finish in the middle. They are going to pick 11th. Yes, they will. Something like that. That's what the Steelers are. They might even inch their way back to 6-6. and I think if they beat Cincinnati on Sunday at 425, that they will get to 6-6, six and six, Colin. How about them apples? Oh, they might. They might. I still, uh, there's a long way to go. Well, Indianapolis game could be tough. Coach of the year now there. That's so you true. got that situation, and you never know. So, You know, Mike Tomlin's winning percentage is slightly above 631. Jeff Saturday's is a thousand percent. So you put that in your pipe and smoke it, Bill Cower. You sanctimonious jag off. I'm just kidding. I love Bill. But Even if Saturday loses, there. he's only at 500. That's true, which is yeah. good enough to manage for the Pittsburgh Pirates. How about if they do get to six and six? We'll look back at the game the, that they won against the New Orleans Saints. But let's say they beat Cincinnati and then you get two easier games in right. Indianapolis and Atlanta. Let's say they're 6 and 6. At right. that point, if you make it to 6 and 6, what's the expectation the rest of the way? Like do they have to then make the playoffs? Like what are we all expecting after that if they were to get to that mark where they get to 500? Well, I think that we can firmly say the max out of the AFC North is two teams making playoffs, right? Yes. So and I don't think they can catch Baltimore. Although you got them twice, they still could get them twice. I mean, could you win this division at eight and nine? No, I don't think you got to have a winning record, probably. Yeah. Um, even nine and eight's not going to do the division. I don't think Baltimore's uh, got too big of a lead. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. What is Baltimore right now? Six and three. Yeah. Um. I don't know about that. You know what? Somebody called me on Twitter today, Colin. Tell me, sanctimonious. No, I'm a big Ravens guy. Not that I like them, but that I think they're good. Someone called me a Baltimoreon, and I like that. Wow, like Edgar Allan Poe almost. Yes, the pros. The pros were Edgar Allan (laughs) Poe-like. You Baltimoreon. I don't think if they make the playoffs, it would be by winning the division. They're not going to make the playoffs. What am I even doing here? But if they did meander their way to six and well, that six. That wasn't your question, though. Your question right. was if they get to six and six, what does the conversation turn to? The conversation turns to, all right, it's six and six. 
They're at 12. It's a six-game season from – or, excuse me, it's a five-game season from there. If they then have a winning record in that five-game season, that's nine wins. If somebody slips up out west, the south is the south, um, there's an added playoff team. It's now the set – they're fight. They still stay alive in all those graphics where the team is fighting they for do. that seventh place, uh, that seventh place partition in the bracket. I mean, if they're going to f around and not get a top five pick, they might as well f around and make it interesting at the back half of the season. We're not there yet. They're they're going to have to beat Cincinnati, obviously, for this to become a likelihood, because you can't get to six and six if you lose that game. And I don't know that at this point even on Monday that I would predict that the Steelers will beat the Cincinnati Bengals. But like, let's not pretend like it's some impossibility that they beat Cincinnati. I had people on Twitter telling me today, cause I tweeted it out. I said, if they beat Cincy, they're going six and six. Oh, they can't possibly beat Cincy. I'm old enough to remember Colin that they beat Cincinnati week one, different circumstances, but it did happen. And it was on the road. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember when Twitter was fun, and it sucks now. It so blows. There's also that. Um, I, I wouldn't pay too much attention to those Twitter morons. So all that said, I, I it is. I will say this in in full uh, truth about the Steelers right now, and I said this to you before. I have never lived through a season where it truly is. It plays like all singles. And there's no album. It is weak. It is such a week-to-week proposition with these Steelers. There's no continuity to be had from one week to the other, either good or bad. You can't gain – like the offensive line, they play good one week. You have no idea what that means for the next week. The offensive line plays terribly. Then all of a sudden they're okay. Chase Claypool, he goes down the field. He was good. Bang, then he's traded. Um, Najee Harris has a good week. What does that mean for next week? He could gain – 21 yards on 14 carries next week, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. Um, there is absolutely nothing linear about this this season, either good or bad. And I don't think I've lived through one, even though we're just you know beyond the halfway point barely. I don't think I've lived through one like this that are clearly all independent games. And it, people say you get hot at the right time or they hit a lull. Like it is just this Sunday, then the next one, then the next one, and there was nothing to be extracted from the one before. That's just the way I feel about it. I'm with you. Every I would say every game looked the same except for the two games they played against legitimate contenders, big-time contenders in the Eagles and the Bills, but that's not true. You, you painted the picture perfectly there. You could say they all looked ugly and they were all one-score games apart from the Eagles and the Bills game, but some games the Steelers threw it 55 times. This game, the Steelers win – and they run the ball for 217 yards against Tampa Bay. I still don't know how they got it done, probably because Tampa Bay was still trying to figure it out, and they probably still are trying to figure it out. So I think you're right in that. I also wonder what the math would be about diagnosing where this team is and where they're going if T.J. Watt had been healthy all season. I mean, he clearly makes that big of a difference. I realize he didn't have – you know, I think the same thing. And here I was on Friday – trying to fire Mike Tomlin for Sean Payton, right? And Matt Canada still would need to go either way. But I think they'd probably have a winning record right now if they had TJ Watt. They would have beat the Dolphins. There's no question. I also think this, you know, because we would be adding two wins. There's no way the fourth quarter drive on the ground happens against the Jets. 
There's no way the Jets just churn out yards on the ground. They they might churn out some. At some point, Zach Wilson's made to make a gigantic throw of consequence in the fourth quarter, or at least another one. And damn, he might beat you. But the the running lanes wouldn't have been that easy. They would not have just been able to just go ahead and, and pretty much take a toss or go ISO around the end and have free sailing. You're right about that, and I don't know that it even gets to that point because Zach Wilson was running around like a madman, and the Steelers' defensive front couldn't finish. Well, I think T.J. Watt would have finished one or two. And listen, when you're thinking about the season coming in, you you don't predict injuries. You just can't because every team is going to go through them. Hell, Micah Fitzpatrick's appendix exploded. Same thing happened to Joe Burrow. Weird stuff happens. It's the NFL. I saw a guy in a Bills game like three weeks ago get eye gouged, and he was bleeding out of his eye, and I've never seen that in my entire life. Did his eye fall out? Who's to say? The NFL is weird. Football is weird. It's a funny-shaped ball. But you you calculate coming in, you're going to have your guys, and if they had T.J. Watt, they're on the periphery of this, which is why, while I've called them a bad team all season, and they sit there at 3-6, and six, I don't think they're going to be a bad team down the stretch. And regardless of whether or not they get the six and six in that hypothetical, I think I might be more surprised than not now if they don't win more than they lose down the stretch. Yes, I'm with you. More apt to gouge somebody's eye out. Larry Brown or Curly Lambeau? Not Larry Brown, the Ballyhood basketball coach? No, no, the football player. Or Curly Lambeau. I can't think of a Mo. Um, <laughs> you see where I'm going with? Oh, Mo, Big Mo, one of the Mo Jaleski twins from the Trona Heights. So Larry Mo or Curly, more apt to gouge someone's eye out on a football field. Well, you could do whatever you wanted to back in Curly's day. So that's where I'd go. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's they were Larry Johnson, really good running back for Penn State, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, then he kind of lost his mind, right? Didn't he have some all, totally off the wall quotes? It's isn't hard to Larry, say. Isn't Larry Johnson one of those ridiculous quote Hall of Fame guys where he said crazy stuff either about his coach? No, no. Didn't Larry Johnson want to fight Todd Haley straight up and say it? Oh, you know what? That's exactly what it was. Larry Johnson wanted to go toe-to-toe with Upper St. Clair's finest Todd yes. Haley. It kind of pretty much gave it the old, you ain't never played football, don't tell me anything. It's a, big, it's a big time for the never played football guys, my man. It is. Do you like the never played football guy in Miami? Because I do. Yes, I do. He played at Yale. Does that count? I guess it counts, right? Did he play at Yale or did he play in high school and then not play at Yale? He played in high school and then his Wikipedia tells me he played at Yale, but he might not have actually played while he played at Yale. Right. You're right. So nonetheless, do you like that guy? Yes, I do. I didn't before. Whenever I was cutting up his press conference for Dolphins week, I found him incredibly dry and boring but he sort of let that weird personality out more and they're seven and three and he's this whiz kid everyone seems to really like him who covers him too i root for guys like that i don't love some media members that we get to work with all the time i don't really dislike a lot of people but if the media likes a coach Mm -hmm. i'm more apt to like him because it, to me, shows that they take that part of the job seriously, which I don't think matters at all to fans, but it does matter to me. And he wins, and it's a cool story. I don't think you can have a league filled with Mike McDaniels, but 
one or two ain't bad. I agree with you. Quick association next. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth Down in the Steel City, Crowley and Dunlap. Word association, yes, yes? Yes, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Quick hitters, you can get 10, 12 words or so, I'll expand it. Best quarterback you've ever seen live? Peyton Manning. Worst NFL quarterback you've ever seen live? Kyle Bowler. Super Bowler. <laughs> um, that guy, I watched him expand. I want to expand. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I watched that guy twice. In the same game at Heinz Field, trip over his center and get sacked by whatever Steelers lineman just going by and tapping him on the butt. Two times he tripped over his center. That guy sucked. Yeah, he was really bad. Um, best Steelers uniforms. I like the block numbers, Colin. Yeah, there you go. The one team, if you had to, if you had to sell or, or rid your fandom of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you could easily slip your way into rooting for. I thought of this one today. It may be a good show topic. It is a good show topic. I think there's two for me. This is not being, I'm not being quick. I'm, I'm bastardizing the game. That's okay. That's sure. The, the Seahawks, because I, I dig the cut of Geno Smith's jib. But I'm talking for, in totality, not just yeah. a one year thing. I kind of like Buffalo because I think their fan base is super relatable to a Steelers fan base, but maybe like a little bit more on crack. I'm with you. I'd probably say Buffalo. I could get into Buffalo. All right. One coach you wouldn't want to have to coach against if everything was on the line. It was a tie game with 10 minutes left. I think now it's got to be Andy Reid. Great call. Great call. Because he um, would even do it with Alex Smith, that guy. I'm with you. McNabb. One coach people say is really good that you don't buy. I'm not a huge Kyle Shanahan guy. With you. 28 to 3. He blew it. He's the guy who blew it. He was the yeah, play yeah, 10 words. Uh, kicker. Kickers in the game. Like him or hate him? I like kickers. Should you ever draft a specialist? No. I don't like them that much. Okay, gotcha. The Pittsburgh Steelers will or won't continue to run two back sets. Or you, it, you not two back sets, but use two running backs. They won't. I won't believe it till I see it at least three games in a row. The best place to sit in Heinz Field is what? Is, is where as a fan? Section 507. My old seats from back in the day. Row two up oh, there. Oh, I like that. Row one is right on the ledge. Row Too two, scary. Not bad. Well, you know, fear of heights, all that. Uh, you know, ledges and things. You know, I was uh, in row two. No, I was in row one in Philadelphia. And the guy behind me tried to climb over my seat. And, oh, my God, he really almost went over the top. It yeah, was te- this close. Teetering on a YouTube video, for mm-hmm. sure. 
Um, okay, couple more free associations. Ready? Mm-hmm. Mark Gastineau. Yes. Brian Bosworth. Bill Hillgrove thinks he's the current Steelers kicker. Oh my gosh. Um, all right. Is that nice? Probably not nice. No, I don't know. You, I did. You did one I said it. Words. They were yours. <laughs> um, a couple more with free association. Why did Doran you, say that? I'm bad. Doran. I don't know. Are you ready for this? Couple more with free association. In three years from now, one team will have multiple Super Bowls from this point to three years on. Essentially, a team will win two of the next three Super Bowls. Who would you bet all that money on? Kansas City. I know. I, it's that's so no boring. Fun. I fudged it up. I know. It's so boring, but that's true. And last one. Last one right now. Aaron Rodgers. His career will end like what? Similar to Favre's, I bet. I mean, I think he'll I think he'll embezzle a bunch of money from the state of Mississippi. That happened long after the oh, career. Gotcha. All right. No, no penis picks either. I just think he'll flirt with retirement, flirt with retirement, and then he'll wind up getting hurt, and he'll say he's going out on his own terms, but he's really not. Will he ever play for another team? No. Will he ever go into another camp? No. So not Last exactly game. like Favre. But. I lied, actually. You get to pick the game. It's a big game. It's a playoff game. Say it's on any of the networks. You get to pick uh, play-by-play person, Keller commentator, and sideline person. Who do you go with? I'm a big Joe Buck guy. Okay. I know a lot of people don't love him. I think he, while he lacks an emotion, I think he's got a big game feel, and I think he describes the action well. Mm-hmm. I think Kirk Herbstreet's wonderful okay. for college football, but I like Al Michaels for the – not Al Michaels, excuse me. Um, Collinsworth for the NFL. Certainly. Sideline. Can I bring Tony Saragusa back from the dead? No, illegal. No, nothing like that. That'd be cool if I had those kind of powers. I don't think if I could bring people back from the dead, I don't think Tony Saragusa would be the guy that I brought back from the dead. I mean, RIP and everything, but yeah, not a first round pick in the dead draft. Um, I like the guy with the blonde hair from Annapolis or Baltimore or whatever. What's his name that's on CBS? Oh, Evan Washburn. Evan Washburn, quickly growing in my book. He's good. Very good. He's good. Handsome young lad, that Evan oh, yeah. Washburn. Everybody, every, everybody wishes they looked like Evan Washburn. You know who's also good, but in college football, is Joel Klatt. I think he's wonderful. You know, Joel Klatt is younger guy. than you'd think, too. Like, I looked it up the other day, and I'm older than Joel Klatt. It made me feel really old. You're older than Joel Klatt? I think I might be. I think I might be by a couple years. That's another good-looking guy. Yeah, super good-looking guy. What do you think of Joe Buck? I like him because, like you said, it makes you feel it, – it, it, it gives the, the feel of an event, whether it's baseball, whether it's the NFL, whatever it is that he's doing. Uh, he can do a Little League game down the street. If you hear his voice, it's yes. like this is big. And he catches a lot of heat. I, I think his style is just the truth, though. Like, yes. He calls style, the game. Right. He lets the game be the game. Not a lot of guys do that anymore. They really don't. The other thing about Buck is I've heard him do some interviews. Yeah. He he is like uproariously funny when he's not Mr. Straight Lace Joe Buck. And he, he told a wonderful story 
on the Dan Lebetard show like six years ago. Right. He was calling a game and he had to pee. So they pulled a trash can to him and he was going to the bathroom calling play by play of an NFL game. So Joe Buck's got a place in my heart for that. Has Romo taken a nosedive? I like Romo. I like Romo. The The whole predictive thing, I think, got yeah. overblown because he guessed as much as he predicted, really. And some he, he hit a lot less than people made it out to be. But I will always appreciate somebody's energy for the game. I don't know that Dick Vitale is a great color analyst, but I do appreciate his energy for the game. Guys like that. Who was the guy? Pierre Maguire always got killed. Oh, he's such a creepy weirdo. That guy loved hockey. Me too, man. He loved the sport more than anybody watching. He's still alive. He still loves it. Yeah, did he get fired? Not what doesn't matter. But I like those kind of guys. Up next, do we grade Kenneth Shane Pickett? No, but we talk about him. It's fourth down in the Steel City. Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Kenneth. Shane Pickett. That's his middle name? Yeah, I actually Googled it during the second segment. Wow, I didn't know that. Anyway, Because I wanted to call him Ken L. Pickett, but it's not an L, it's an S. I don't like know Like John why L. I Williams. I think that's what happened! I don't know why, but I think that's what happened. It's what, just so John, easy. John L. Williams? Yeah, Ken L. Pickett. I don't know, there's mm-hmm. just something there. Samuel L. Jackson. Or is it just Samuel L. Jackson? It, nobody knows, it doesn't matter. Gerald with a J Williams. Instead of Gerald with a G Williams. Do you remember that whole Myron Copes situation? I do. Myron There's was a treasure. Gerald with a J Williams. Not in Gerald with a G. I heard, oh man, this was circulating back in my circles when yes. I worked at my old place. And I have it saved somewhere. One of the great sound bites of all time was when, and I don't know what I'm allowed to say in a podcast, so I'll just say it anyway, and we'll leave it all up to Greg Finley, our producer, to take care of this in post-production if he needs to. But there was a a player for the Browns, Fakir Brown. Oh, yeah. Myron said, who's that guy? Is it, is it Brown? And just Tunch Ilkin losing his mind, he just goes, you could, you could just call him Brown. It's one of the great sound bites in Steelers history that I think has been buried deep, deep down in the vaults. But it made it on the air. It made it on the air. I don't mind that. Fakir Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we all have names. Like, uh, you know, when my wife goes to swear and she doesn't want to swear because she never swears because she's like, my my wife makes um, my wife makes Mother Teresa look like uh, what's the lady with those lewd songs now? 
Oh man, I think it was. I think it's not Cardi like B. Megan the Stallion or something. Anyway, um, the slipping in the slide. And yeah, slide. yeah, yeah. My wife makes make, makes Mother Teresa look like her. So anyway, when instead of swearing, my wife will say shiitake mushrooms. Stop it. I promise you. Instead Does she of say cheesy rice? No, no. She'll say shiitake mushrooms. And then as I'm watching the game, I watch the Steeler game. And 45 times in the first quarter, normally, I'll say, Jesus Christ. And she'll say, is our Lord and Savior. Yeah, my mom is big on that one, too. Yeah, well. Uh, Kenneth got, Pickett. Uh, Kenneth <laughs> Shane Pickett. <laughs> Kenneth Shane Pickett. Yeah, yeah, 18-30. Yeah. Some uh, <clears throat> not good tosses in there. Shiitake mushrooms. Shiitake mushroom tosses yeah. in there for uh, Kenneth James or uh-huh. Shane, whatever the hell his name is. Either way. And yeah, he goes 18 to 30, 199, 30 pass attempts. He rushes for 51. I think I'll take that. I think if that's the performance for the rest of the year, you'd like him to get better, obviously. But if that's, let's say, the floor and he can take care of the ball, and yeah, he ran into some sacks, but if he can get out of pressure and create plays with his legs too, I think that's that's sort of what I've been expecting from Kenny. He got to be better in the red zone. He did it. He has oh, to be better in no the red good. zone. No good in the red zone. No uh, good. I also don't – you know, I think this is something that more like quarterback guru people need to speak about, and it's hard to see in-game. I still don't know how comfortable he is with the speed of the scrimmage line pre-snap, everything that's gone. Like, and, look, that takes a long time, and it takes continuity, and it takes working with the same guys. But – and I'm not trying to compare him to Rodgers or even Burrow or – and somebody that's even Tua that's been in the league just a little bit longer, or or Trevor Lawrence who's not been great but has been in longer. It feels like everything is rushed and frazzled at the scrimmage line. Still, it's not. You know, Peyton Manning became the master of this. He'd get up to the scrimmage line, not up to the line, or he'd go. There'd be 19 seconds on the play clock. He would say 49 different things to people in this tone and in this cadence and talking like he was at the dinner table. Deliberate. It feels like, yeah, it feels like Pickett is still, oh my gosh, one eye on the clock. Let's go. And everything is still moving. Even if he has 11 seconds left to get the snap off. I, I think that'll obviously come in time, but that's one thing I think that he needs to grow with is patience at the scrimmage. line. I think that's a really astute observation. And when you're talking about his eyes darting around, I think that's I think that's happened. I also think he also doesn't have an anchor on the offensive line. Mason Cole has been there well, but he doesn't have somebody that's been there. Like Ben had Pouncey as a, a lieutenant and a, a sergeant at arms for such a long time that they played off each other at the scrimmage line. Absolutely, they did, and I think Pickett even then post snap. He doesn't have faith in his offensive linemen. And I crushed Baker Mayfield for this for a long time. So I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't do the same for Kenny. Kenny bails clean pockets a lot. And he looks to run. And he does keep his eyes downfield, and that's good. But I noticed it in the last game. And again, I'm not a film guy, right? I'm not Tony Rassiope. But he Kenny's does flow. Personal. He flows straight right into the pressure yes. a lot of times. Yes. And that is, a, that is a big thing that used to happen and still did happen. It's why he's not playing anymore with Baker Mayfield. Kenny will try to make the same throw. He will, let's say there's a, a, 
you know, an out route to, uh, to the right boundary. Kenny Pickett will take the ball, bail quickly, run to his right, throw it. Whereas there's time to drop back, still make that same throw, and he's just he's panicking a little too soon. So I do think things are happening quickly for him. We did see an accurate deep ball down the sideline to Deontay. I just saw while waiting to do the show here, a and I forgot about this throw because it was incomplete, but a nice throw between two defenders in the red zone to Najee Harris. It went off Najee Harris's hands. Right. He has shown, this game was not a good example, the first half especially, he has shown he can be a very accurate quarterback already in the NFL. That throw to Pat Fryermuth in the Dolphins game comes to mind. Under pressure, have to have it. Beautiful throw. I think well, for all the talk about Pickett's great catch, Pickens' great catch was, was a hell of a throw. Absolutely. So it's there. I wonder if there was rust after two weeks. I'm not going to give him an excuse. I'm wondering aloud, however. I do think, though, that even though he didn't have it on Sunday, because I, I, I didn't think he was at his best. His best to me was the two drives in Miami before the picks. Yeah. He can't get rid of the picks. That was the best of Kenny Pickett to me. He didn't have that on Sunday, but he also didn't turn the ball over. And if the floor can be a lot closer to guy who doesn't turn the ball over, that I think Kenny Pickett can have a long and prosperous career in the NFL. I am worried, though. I really am about that arm strength. I really am. We saw it against Philadelphia. Some balls to the sideline late. If he's not going to be on it in terms of timing, and we've already said that he's a little flustered right now and panicky in the pocket, if he's not there in terms of timing, I don't think he's got the arm strength to not be there all the way mentally. So he's going to have to start picking things up quickly. I agree with you. I think that this – in this – look – one win doesn't gloss over everything everybody said for the first month and a half of the season and that Matt Canada sucks. Like, one win doesn't change all that. He still needs to be put in position, Kenny Pickett does, to, I think, make the intermediary throws, to make the Tom Brady-type throws that Brady was making while he was great in New England, a bunch of crossing routes. If you're going to motion people, you're going to reset people. Have crossing routes. Do things like that. I think Pickett would be at his best with it, and it take what you can give him offense. Just There's so on. much that happens in the NFL now that is just common practice. That's common practice because it works, like crossing routes, uh, air raid-type schemes, play action off of things like that, that Matt Canada has zero interest in doing. And so Kenny Pickett is fighting an uphill battle. I think Kenny Pickett can make a guy like Connor Hayward a very viable receiver in the NFL. Yes. They just need to get past this Matt Canada year. They really do because he's holding him back. Kenny was not good on Sunday in the first half. I think all in all a decent performance, but he is fighting inconsistency from his line, from his, all of his playmakers, and now this offensive coordinator. Well, Last thing. Mike Tomlin says that he wants volunteers and not hostages. There'd be a lot more volunteers if Matt Canada wasn't holding everybody hostage. I was going to give one more thing. That's too good of a line to, to keep wandering past. The podcast is over, folks. It's done. Finito. We'll talk at Yins on Friday. Steelers-Bengals preview. Fourth down in the Steel City. <laughs>